You're stopping off at exit 31. Here is Rain. Why am I bald? God, this is dull. This show is very inspiring. The show's creators just made a weird choice. And Spencer. I'm not a doctor. All I can tell you, he cannot play. This is Exit 31 on ESPN Radio. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com. You know, with COVID being a thing, and I think we're all tired of it, uh, but unfortunately we have to deal with it whether we like it or not. It, it's funny. You couldn't play the other day. I, I think back to when I got the second shot and it wiped me out. I actually had to call in, and I haven't done that very often in my ridiculously long, surprising radio career at this point. Um <laughs> But then I got the booster, and, and it was okay. I, I mean, better than the second shot. You got the booster over the weekend, and you were like, and eh, you couldn't even play in your, like, you know, men's league, out of shape, uh, former glory, <laughs> Al Bundy-ish type of uh, yeah. Polk High. I used to be a state high school hockey champion I actually, hockey I, game. What I, happened to you, buddy? I have my... Uh, Do you mind me bringing that up on Hartford the air? hockey hat. No, not at all. It's but too late, by Hartford the way. I hockey hat uh, with me today. Um, pulled it out of the... Uh, Pull it out of the, I don't, you wouldn't call it archives in the closet, but in, from the back of the closet. Um, no, I, I actually was on my way. I got, so I got the, the booster shot at noon on Saturday and at eight, I was on my way to my hockey game, which is at the Clinton arena um, in our area. And uh, 10 minutes into my drive, I'm like, oof. Former Hockeyville USA site, Oof. by the way, with an exhibition NHL game. Yep. And, um, of course, all hockey, AHL, NHL seems to be on pause because of the border and COVID. By the, way, by the way, current uh, New York Ranger Artemi Panarin played in that game when he was with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Fact, I so was that there. was pretty cool. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, I, I just started feeling like, ooh, you know, like it hit me. It started to hit me. I, I felt really warm and kind of started to get lightheaded and really nauseous. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to I gotta pull. I'm gonna have to pull over and I'm going to have to, uh, you know, Chuck dinner. Glad you're feeling better. Yeah, and it just it just out of nowhere hit me, and I I literally had to turn around and go home. I'm like, there's no way I could play a hockey game tonight. And believe me, to get me to not play a hockey game requires a lot. I was not feeling well. As a matter of fact, I just took my hockey bag out of my car last night when I got home from work. Your car must stink. Yeah, because <laughs> because I, I like I ran into the house. I ran into the house as soon as I got home. I was and. And then, uh, you know, Sunday I didn't go out to the car at all, so I was resting the whole day. I probably slept for like 16 hours. Spencer Davidson, uh, fully recharged. My name is Rain. Nick Ailes is in studio with us. If you're checking us on ESPN Radio or you happen to be with us at QSportsTalk.com, you'll see us on video. He's here uh, in place of the glue guy for for the rest of the week, right? He muted me because of a tweet, and and he literally decided, oh, you know what, I'm going to take a couple of days off because of it. That's what he said yesterday. Yeah, he's a little salty there. So we got Nick Ells. What's up, buddy? You know, it's funny you bring up uh, COVID boosters. I got mine yesterday, and this morning was bad. Really? Oh, it was bad yeah, it for just, me. It just hits. It, I'm, I'm feeling a lot better now, but I, I woke up this morning. I didn't even know if I was coming in today. It was brutal. So but I made it here. I'm a trooper. I trudged through. There you so, go, man. so listen, let me lay out a couple of things really quick. Sure. He's wearing a Jets sweatshirt. My man. I'm pointing at Nick Ells for those of you listening on ESPN Radio. But that means uh, great conversation on the way for, oh, yeah, two Jets fans in the studio today. That just dawned on me. Yeah, finally I have a you, little support. You clowns better not give me any crap because, oh. of, because of my Giants. Oh, you are. And if you do, I've got audio, and I'll sneak in some sound check, and I'm going to put you in place. But I've got a friend that's going to help us do that and explain who's the worst team, the Jets or the Giants, who's actually in worse shape moving forward. We'll get to that. I'm warning mm. you. I'm warning you guys. 
pretty, right, that pretty, being pretty said, clear answer for me. I don't know. Yeah. Rob Carpenter, Carp's going to judge us. Former Cuse, Jets, Pats, and Eagles wide receiver. 330 on the Accelerate Sports Complex phone line. We're 50-50 waiting on a confirmation from Jason Fitz. He normally joins us 315 on Tuesdays. Uh, we've got Jason Paulus, your co-worker at KTV, that's going to join us. And Tommy Sladek with CNY Central around 3 o'clock. So we've got some phone guests today. But more importantly, we have a couple of pairs of Syracuse basketball tickets. I know you're saying to yourself, wait a minute, isn't four-fifths of the starting lineup on a COVID pause? And don't you have some audio from Jim Beheim, perhaps, that you'll share with us today? Well, the answer to that is yes. But we're looking at getting back on the court against Georgia Tech, and then we'll look to that Virginia game. We have a pair for each, and we will give those out on the phones. Let me just put those out there, 315-437-7644, or the Utica Roll Market, 315-768-1310. We'll tell you when to call in. And that's all courtesy of Amtrak.com, CNY Realtor, Charles Heating, Air Conditioning, Plumbing and Electrical, and Seneca Savings. Um, GMAC, by the way, for those going, wait a minute, don't you talk to GMAC, 2.15 on Tuesdays. He is traveling, obviously, with the basketball team being kind of paused right now and dealing with COVID, seeing some family. So GMAC is excused for the day, and we're just, what do we do? We pivot, right? Pivot! We pivot. Is there anything anything else on anybody's mind before we kerfuffle and start arguing with each other for real? Actually, I I do have something. Um, Um, Really? Nick Hale's bringing something to the table here. I I do. It's it's a special day. Uh, Today's my mom's birthday. (laughs) All right. um, I think it's funny because I'm I'm 99% sure I was here doing this show with you guys last year on this day. Did you shout out her birthday? I did. I did. And... Uh, I'm only doing it because she said she'd get mad at me if I didn't wow. shout her out. So well, you, you happy gotta birthday, keep mom, mom happy. Happy birthday, happy mom. Happy birthday, Mama Ailes. That's awesome. Mama Ailes. Can that be her official nickname when you're it, out? Oh, it, it was all throughout college with my friends. So. <laughs> that's that, awesome. That, that's what it is. Also, you know what I learned? Nick Ailes has a relationship of sorts with one Jason Paulus, who we'll talk to in our next no segment. Way. Do you, let's not divulge that quite yet. Okay. We'll okay. leave that for when we get Jason on the phone. I don't know if he's listening and previewing right now. He very well I, might be. He, he probably is. He's he he is a he always comes prepared. So he watches and consumes everything he can before he has to go talk. So I, I don't doubt it. Well, I, he did ask me give me a couple of generic topic ideas and mm-hmm. things that we might be asking him, so he could uh, be sure he was ready to go. He's a pro. He's a pros a pro. Pros pro. Uh, so let's kerfuffle. You guys ready? Uh, you ready? I'm ready. All right. We got a lot to, lot to get to. Uh, the NHL with this total COVID pause versus going to or not going to the Olympics. Well, listen, they're, they're locked down in the NHL and AHL levels through the you know through Christmas, past Christmas, post Christmas, and then that decision's been out there. Do we go to the Olympics or not? Well, we now have an official answer. And I think Spencer has issues with this, but you understand, right? Yeah, I mean, I I, I totally understand. Just it, it, it's I would I would have a lot of reservations about traveling, you know, across the world right now as well. I mean, you, you even go into a local restaurant or business and you have to worry about COVID. So I I certainly understand it, but man, it's just COVID again robs us of another great sporting event because a best on best. Olympics to me is the epitome is is the pinnacle of hockey. Uh, I mean, the greatest game we were talking off the air, the greatest hockey game I've ever seen was the 2010 Vancouver, um, you know, gold medal game between U.S. and Canada. And even though the United States lost, it was just an unbelievable game. So to not see the best players in the world going, it hurts. It's so funny that you referenced that year, 11 years ago, where I'm sitting here going, I remember 1980. 
yeah. and Al Michaels and the Miracle on Ice. But here's the question that I'll pose to you, and you can kerfuffle with me about this. You can kerfuffle at QSportsTalk.com or just if, I don't know, you're out there listening somewhere. Is it more important for you that your team wins the Stanley Cup? Because I'm dying. I'm thirsty for another Rangers Stanley Cup because that's my team. Or that they pause, they allow them to go to the Olympics, and you cheer for your country to win gold. For me, it's Team USA. Yeah. And if, if Team USA is not in it, I've got I've to be honest, I've always rooted for Canada. Mm-hmm. That's just kind of where it's fallen for me. And I can't decide which is more important to me. Is it worth the Team or team USA not going to the Olympics so that my Rangers can win one? Or do I go, eh, it's bigger for your country, and it's only every, in theory, four years. Right. What weighs more for you? What means more for you? Yeah, that's it's, it's a great question. That's a tough one, actually. My 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 friend has asked me that in the past, and it, it is it does make me kind of stop and think. But whatever you say is going to be wrong. But I I no I I gotta agree. I think at the end of the day, watching Team USA and watching in, in the entire country kind of banding together to root for you know the the for root for players representing our country, which especially with so much division right now, to be able to come together for a common goal, uh, you know, I, that that is special to me, especially because it doesn't happen. You know, like you said, it happens every four yeah, years. Yeah, but you can only chirp about it every four years. If the Rangers win, you can chirp at Islanders fans every day. Yeah, but but I, but the, I still see on Twitter and stuff, Canadians are still talking about the 2010 gold medal game. So, I mean, that's bragging rights for a decade at this point. So you're saying your, your country winning means more to yeah, you. Yeah, yes. And not to, not to mention, not to mention, I, I have to disagree with you. Good. Canada is the Boston Red Sox for me. Of really? Hockey. Yeah. I mean, now look, when it's not international competition, I obviously love, you know, the Canadian players. I'm not I, rooting for Germany. But but I'm not rooting for Canada either. I'm not rooting for France. We're, we're, we have been... The Boston Red Sox to the New York Yankees. Can I root when for it comes Sweden? To USA, Canada. You can root for Sweden. Why? Because uh, Lundqvist root for played? Switzerland. You'll be neutral. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll have holy but, cheese. But we're like we're like Canada's younger brother when it comes to hockey. I don't want to see them continue to have success, and we're kind of you know number two. Not well, I mean we're not even ranked number two, but you know what I mean. Like I don't want to keep watching them succeed and waiting for us to do something. Okay, Spencer. I was trying to move on. Exit 31, QSportsTalk.com. You started talking about hockey. Oh yeah, I did that. How do you you start talking about hockey and expect to move on with me? I mess with Spencer all day, Nick Ells. Then again, I know you listen from time to time. We're broadcasting the Dunter and and Hobby Hill Farm Sale Studios, excuse me, and uh, we are giving you the kerfuffle. Let's get into Monday Night Football. Let's let's get off the ice. Are you good with that? It's been weird with COVID. I mean, we're getting, you know, an extra Monday night game. We're getting a couple of Tuesday games later on today. That's insane, the Seahawks and the Rams because of the reschedule and COVID and Washington and the Eagles later on today. I mean, with Raiders, Browns, Vikings, Bears yesterday, we can kerfuffle about all of this. But isn't the biggest thing uh, that Matt Nagy still has a job? It's For me, I don't care. I don't like the Bears. It's entertaining yeah. to me. I, I mean, it's just like watching my Giants. Should Joe Judge be the coach? Should Joe Judge not be the coach? Should Matt Nagy still be the coach? Is he messing up Justin Fields? What are they doing in Chicago? I don't care. Yeah, I, I, I got to say, I am pretty surprised to have woken up this morning and not had a notification that Matt Nagy was fired. I just think, you know, with with how disappointing the Bears have been, to then come out and just absolutely lay an egg on national television on Monday Night Football, I just figured that's one of those things that's like the straw that broke the camel's back. So I just think that that that, that was very surprising to me. I, I just, I don't, I don't see him making it through, you know, this season and the offseason and remaining their head coach. Just look at yesterday. Just look at yesterday against the Vikings. Yeah. Okay. Tell me a few things he did right. Exactly. Now tell me a, a few things he did wrong. Well, time management was awful. What else? 
Uh, I mean, he now he doesn't call the offensive plays for the Bears, does he? But he's the head coach. But he's the head coach. But still, I just thought their offensive game plan was boring. Are they misusing Justin Fields? They're mis- yeah, they're misusing Justin Fields because he he's not able to like he is an electric player, and we saw no electricity last night. They're not even as much of a dumpster fire as the Jets or the Giants, and yet still it's remarkable that he still has his job. There's all sorts of chatter that he's out, though. Yeah, well, that's why when 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 fans are wearing bags over their heads in the stadium last night, I'm like, come on, I don't feel bad for you. Well, I'm a Jets fan. I don't feel I have no sympathy for you as a Bears fan. But we have Soundcheck on the way in a few minutes where we'll hear from Jim Beheim, and we're also going to hear something about those Chicago Bears. So you can keep locked for that. Did you see as we cut kerfuffle for a couple more minutes here on Exit 31 ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com? In the Mexican Baseball League, there was an umpire that they removed from the game because he was drunk. He like he's hammered and he kind of wandered out and he was standing on the first baseline and then Somebody came out and started talking to him. Then he started to get a little bit agitated. A little bit heated. A little belligerent. And then I guess uh, the rest of the troops came out and they kind of dragged this guy. And he was fighting it the whole way. Mm -hmm. He was not happy. It was hilarious. The players are looking going, for real? Yeah. I've never seen a, a drunk umpire taken off the field before. It was a, There's a first for everything. It was funny, wasn't it? Yeah, the, I think the funniest part about the whole thing is that got Angel Hernandez trending because people were like, he still probably called the better game <laughs> than Angel Hernandez could have. <laughs> that was hilarious, though, because the guy comes out first to check on him, and we, he, he puts his arm around him like, hey, buddy, how's it going? Okay. And then, and then he, he realizes why the guy's out there. We all he, have a day. Yep. And you see the you see the uh, the mood change very quickly. We can't even kerfuffle about that with Angel Hernandez because it's a, it's a stone cold fact, a hundred percent, that he's probably the worst umpire in Major Ugh. League Baseball. You talk about a guy you can't Ugh. figure out why he's still allowed to keep his job. You have thoughts on Angel Hernandez, Nick? Uh, not ones that are appropriate for the <laughs> airwaves. Uh, but um, did you did you laugh? Or were you like? I, yeah, I saw the back half of that video, and it, I think it's funny where he, the guy's flipping off the crowd and everything, and he's making <laughs> remarks. It got good, and, and yeah. then the the security guard comes up to like grab him. So the first guy's instinct is just. You know, drunk guy bro hug. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, and he's like, no, 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 no. Not, we, yeah. we, we got to go. <laughs> I thought that was very funny. Uh, that's not what we're doing here. Uh, too many cervezas. It's time to go. You got to get yeah. out of here. Um, and we're going to drive you home. Let's just put it that way. Take you back to the hotel, perhaps. Rest a little bit. Funny stuff. Isn't it amazing how everything in sports is either your projection of your opinion or rationality? There's, there's just... Two different ways to go about it. Yeah. You have an honest, factual conversation. You stay calm, or you just go off the rails mm-hmm. with it. You know, and people are going to disagree with that too. Yeah. No, everything I say is right. Everything I say makes sense. It, it's sports, man. It, it's just crazy how we do that. That's the basis of the kerfuffle, right? Yeah. Uh, by the way, I have a, kerf- a kerfuffle with Nick now because with him uh, giving a shout out to his mom. Now I've got my mom texting me saying, "You better give your mother a shout out on her birthday." So wait. Mama Davidson's listening? Mom, Mama Davidson's listening today. I don't know if Mama Rain listens. I don't think <laughs> she's really into talking about the sports. Hmm, that's interesting. Well, my mom doesn't care about the sports. She just wants to support me, so okay. I appreciate that. All right, well, that works. So you officially gave her a shout-out? Well, I guess, I, in, in a sense, we've all given I our moms a shout-out shout out for today. this year. I recorded a whole sports segment from WKTV in I, honor of her this year. I do remember when you did that. Last but not least, CD Deuce versus Tom Brady, who, of course, had issues with the tablet the other night when he got <laughs> shut out. Uh, not only did he get up in his face a little bit, Tom Brady laughed at him, but then CD Deuce turned around. Did you read his tweet? Yep. Hey, Microsoft Surface, can you all send me a new Surface tablet? I need to give it to a friend who broke his. Thank you and Merry Christmas with a little angel uh, smiley face emoji there. That was just outstanding. Something you would have done, Nick? I wish I had that kind of 
idea for that is expert level trolling. Yeah. That is top tier level trolling, and especially because Tom Brady's kind of a troll online. So yeah. to, to troll him is all time top tweet for me. Right he's there. he's the goat as far as quarterbacks, and he's a goat on social media. He's yeah. good at it, yeah, and you know, CD Deuce is going to get a response. And Tom doesn't, I guess, react. He's rational about it. He will think it through. And when he comes back, it's going to be better, mm-hmm. even better than what C.D. Deuce did. He has to live with that. You won in the field. You won the battle. But did you win the war? Ultimately, I think Tom Brady will win that, too, like all those Super Bowl rings. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I think he's going to involve those Super Bowl rings in his response. I think he's going to I think he's going to say something. Or, or maybe, you know what, this, is, this would be— uh, I can't this, lift my hand. It's too heavy yeah, from all these rings. This would, be, <laughs> this would be the greatest troll ever. If Tom Brady, after what C.D. Deuce said— goes out and gets a Microsoft endorsement deal. And that would be incredible. You almost think that has to happen now. I think it has to. Because he doesn't even have to say anything on social media. If he just all of a sudden appears in a Microsoft commercial, game over. Well played, sir. Well played. Let's take our first break of Exit 31 here on ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. Don't forget up ahead, we'll hear from Jim Beheim and Soundcheck and some other random sound from sports. But next, Spencer's co-worker Jason Paulus is going to talk to us on the phone. This is Exit 31 with Rain and Spencer on ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. Time to open up the Accelerate Sports Complex phone line officially and welcome in WKTV's Jason Paulus, sports director before... Well, Spencer had the job. You're, you're running on a decade up there doing this, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, between the internships and, and and being employed there, it has been a decade. I've been I've been at KCV as an employee for about eight and a half years now, or well, eight eight years in a, in a couple months. Well, the man that's got you back, Jason Paulus, is with us here. Uh, before we get into some of these questions, uh, Nick Els is in studio with us today, Jason, and I, I've got to turn the microphone over to you for a second. Lay it on him, man. Oh, just, I mean, I thought you were talking to Jason Powell. I'm sorry. Uh, Professor. I was was warning him that you were going to lay it on. So go. I mean, I don't have, I had a great time in his class. I don't know if he could say the same when I was there, but I had a great time. He's only said good things about you. Well, I appreciate it. And you know what? Nick was, Nick was a good student. I remember Nick, you know, and once or twice he was like, oh, do I really have to? I said, yeah, you really have to. If you want to be what you want to be, you got to be all in. And he bought in, and I appreciated that. Oh yeah! All right, love to see it. This is good. This is good news. All right. See, I never, I didn't think the same thing of Nick Ailes until you just said that. But you just boosted <laughs> him up the pecking order a little bit for me. I kid, I kid for sure. Uh, Jason Tiger and Charlie, aside from the NFL and COVID, dominated this past weekend. And I mean, it was—it's a remarkable story, as you know, or any other adjective you want to throw on this. But, but I would argue that Charlie Woods is now more popular than Tiger, and they ended up beating Santa Daly and his son. John Daly looks like Santa now he with does. that beard. Absolutely. Uh, but just, sure. just your takeaways from the PNC. What an awesome event. I mean, it's listen, nobody was talking about golf otherwise, and we're still talking about golf. It's still all over on social media if you look into it. Well, I mean, and let's be honest. Anything Tiger is going to, you know, bring golf to the forefront, um, especially – you know, after his comments where he basically set it up to say, look, don't expect much. You know, don't expect much from me. Uh, I don't even know if I can play on the PGA Tour again. You know, I'm doing my best here. And then to come out and to see the way, you know, they played together, um, the competitive juices got flowing again with Tiger. You know, once he got out there and he was able to stroke the ball, 
it, it just all came back, and it was it was magical to watch. Don't you agree? I totally agree. He Matt Kutcher, who played with Charlie and his son, was raving about how well Char, uh, Tiger was playing. Yeah, the swing looked a little different. There was a limp there. He was allowed a cart. It's not four rounds in the middle of blazing heat in the middle of summer or anything like that. But at the same time, he was hitting 320-yard drives. He was puring shots. He was pin high. He was making putts. It was amazing to see under the circumstances. It hasn't even been a year. It's been like roughly 10 months since that accident. Incredible. I mean, he almost lost his life, let alone his leg or anything else. And and to see this is incredible. But Dad Tiger is what won everybody over. And his son is just an unbelievable player at 12. Yeah, magical is the perfect word, Spencer. Yeah, well, I, I think for me, seeing the different side of Tiger, you just mentioned it, seeing Dad Tiger and, and him kind of standing off to the side and when Charlie would do something, we have to call the Cub. Looked. We have to call the, the cub. cub. Yeah, the cub, cub, yeah. cub Woods, Cub Woods. But, I mean, Jason, just how weird was it, too, just to see the mannerisms? I mean, they would be standing in the exact same way. They walked the exact same. I mean, it was just like seeing a mini Tiger Woods out there on the course. Yeah, and as, as a father myself of, of two daughters, you know, you're proud. You're proud to see that he's handling himself, you know, the way you should. Proud to see that, you know, Tiger has come back and, and, you know, a good example of a father. I mean, we all know when Tiger was bad, he was bad. And things went very wrong in his life. Mm -hmm. Um, And everybody rooted for a comeback because you do, you know. And then to have it happen to him again, not in as negative a press a way, although I think there were those in the press that wanted to see it negative because they were looking for a reason for that this happened. Um, And we may never know the true reason, but at the same time, if he was speeding, all right, who who of us here hasn't gotten a speeding ticket or or gone too fast? Okay, so (laughs) that's, that's life. You know, we're all late for something at some point or another. We can't hold him, you know, can't hold him, uh, unaccountable, but at the same time, you have to be able to say, "This is a guy that you're rooting for a comeback because he was so good for the sport when he was good, and looks like he might still be." Jason Paulus with WKTV is with us. It's Actor Thirty One, ESPN Radio, QSportsTalk dot com, and now, unfortunately, we have to discuss COVID. Uh, I mean, NFL, NBA, NHL, QSports basketball, the AHL. Uh, where do we start? Where do we start? It's everywhere, and. I mean, the joke, have you seen the joke, the, uh, 2020 and 2022, because it seems so similar to back in March of 2020, yep. uh, when you really pronounce it and say it all out, it's just, are we going to shut down? We keep asking these questions. We, we don't know answers to all of the questions. Are we going to see limited capacities? I mean, are you going to see these forfeitures? Yeah. If you just want to look in the ACC with basketball, uh, something that we'll have some audio from Jim Beheim addressing in a couple of minutes it's just it's a, it's a scary time, Jason. I mean, Merry Christmas, right? Yeah, and you know we kind of saw this coming. I mean, we saw a few months ago. We had a feeling that that something like this could happen and and would happen. I don't think anybody wanted to admit that this could be an issue, um, but I mean, is it to the point where we need to shut down? I don't think so. I think if we're smart about things. Um, and when I say smart, you know, you look at what, you know, Syracuse took a pause, right? And, um, and today, 
Coach Bangheim, and, I, and, I, and I'm sure you talked about it, said, you know, a number of his players have COVID. But because of what has happened with the booster shots, and they're not real sick. Yeah. And that's good news, you know, because there are people out there that say, well, see, I told you this wasn't going to work. It doesn't matter if you get a shot or not, you're still going to get it. Yes, but, you know, these are college kids. You don't want them ending up in a hospital or worse, okay? So they all did what they were supposed to do as much as they could do it, and you end up getting something. Okay, it's more like a cold now, mm-hmm. and it could have been much worse, and it still could. So we got to get through this by being smart about things, and then I think you'll see everything bounce back quickly. Yeah, you know, I actually saw something on, on Twitter today that I thought was a great way to put it. Somebody said, like, saying that the COVID vaccine and the boosters don't work because you could still technically get get COVID is like saying bulletproof vests don't work because you still get a bruise if you're shot. And I thought that was really interesting. It's like, yeah, it, it might hurt still, but you don't have a bullet going through your body. So I'll take the bruise I'll instead take of that. The, bruise. Uh, the NBA, it's yeah, just been announced, is possibly because of COVID, COVID, by the way, to uh, what we're talking about, shifting the times around depending on oh, who has rosters and who doesn't and all these hardship contracts and 10 days and, and everything else. Uh, go ahead, Jason. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, I, 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 that's perfect. You know, what you were saying is that we have to be creative and we have to shift things a little bit, um, maybe make adjustments. But I think to go, let's just shut down for a month and see what happens. I think that's kind of, I think we got to think that through before we go down that road. I mean, you're, you know, we as a community here in the Utica area doing everything we can, as you know, to get shots in arms so that we can help prevent a massive spread and, and do what needs to be done with masks and whatnot. I think we have to, to, to figure this out smartly before we go back to the days of let's turn the faucet closed and have everybody sit home quietly with their hands folded for a month before, you know, we get to that point. I, I don't want to see that happen. I don't think anybody does. So, uh, you know, I, but we got to trust that, 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 whatever decision is made is done smartly. And that's the most important thing. Jason Powell is WKTVX at 31 ESPN radio Q sports talk.com. We got a minute to maybe two minutes left. Uh, one last subject to tackle though. Um, Spencer Buck Showalter is in the press conference with the Mets GM, Billy Epler, and the exchange went like this. Tell him. So, so somebody asked Billy Epler, uh, you know, is this, is this signing is, is inking Buck Showalter to be the next manager of the Mets. Is that a 10 out of 10? And so he's given his answers about how Buck, you know, checks all the boxes and everything. And then and then Buck kind of interjects and he's sitting sitting next to his wife and he goes, you know, by the way, the only the only tenant here is in the, is and then he points to his wife. And I just thought that was just a master class in 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 being, you know, a husband or or being in a relationship. Just w- like bravo for Buck on that one. He's already a winner in life, even if he doesn't come around and win a right. World Series. What do you think of Buck managing the Mets and not the Yankees? You know, I was always a Buck fan. Um, and back in the day when Buck was the manager of the Yankees, I used to get him on a radio show that I produced. And he would come on, and you know, and a little uh, – we weren't that little of a station. We were a pretty good station in Albany, New York. Um, but we would get him on every couple of months, you know, during the season. He would take a little time with us. And he's such a brilliant baseball mind. I always had hoped they would bring him back because I always thought – he was a player or two away from a World Series yeah. with the Yankees. And, now, you know, you're talking, what, 90s, right? Yeah, 94, 94 95. Yep. 
so, I mean, and I always thought he deserved a chance to have the right players in place. Um, so I always wanted him to come back. Um, but, I mean, you know, as a Yankee fan, if you're going to put your stock into the manager you have, then he's got to step up because he's had a lot of talent to do that. Would it have been fun to see Buck Showalter with the talent the Yankees have do something? Sure. But I think if you're a Mets fan, you've got to be ecstatic because there are great players that play on the Mets. They just needed a little bit more focus and stay healthy. Yep. Yep. And they added some great free agents. It's going to be an interesting year for New York baseball fans. Jason Paulus, thank you for the time. Merry Christmas to you, sir. We're going to come back. We're going to hear from the Heim and some other random sound and sound check from the world of sports on Exit 31 ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. This is Exit 31 with Rain and WKTV Sports Director Spencer Davidson on ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. Listen to this. Mic check. Okay? Good. Here's your sports sound check. It's blood, sweat, and tears today, gentlemen. I bit my lip. I got a little blood on the lip. Oh, my God. But actually, I don't know how I did it, but I did it. Oh, yeah, no, I'm totally fine. It's just weird. Uh, that's right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to fight through this for you guys Powering today. Powering through an injury. That's you, you exactly to, right. You need to put some Neosporin on that make sure, you know, bacteria doesn't get in. Take care of it. I'll sanitize my hands. I'll make sure we'll be good to go. Spencer Davidson, Rain, Nick Elzin with us today. Exit 31 ESPN Radio, QSportsTalk.com. And it is now time for a little sound check. So I've got kind of a, a long response that I want to start out with from Jim Beheim because clearly we know what's happening with COVID and the team. Uh, hence, we'll have some tickets for the game on uh, against Georgia Tech on the 29th and then Virginia on its, what is it, the 31st or the 1st? I think it's the 1st. Uh, none of the schedule right in front of me. Bottom line is we got some tickets to give out, which we'll get to in a, in a few minutes. But there's a ways to go to get there at this point. Yeah. So in the meantime, we just we get to talk about them because we don't get to watch them play. We've already lost a couple of games due to COVID three last year. Jim Beheim was talking to our buddy Gomez, and this was the answer in relation to it. It's, yeah, I mean, it's, this is probably more infectious than last year. I think the interesting thing, you know, we don't know anything about this, uh, whatever variant it is, or whatever's happening, how how people get it out out of nowhere how it spreads sometimes. I, the one thing I know for sure is last year we probably had 10 out of our 20 players and managers who had COVID and many of them were sick. Many of them. Um, very. I don't think anybody was completely asymptomatic. Uh, they were sick. This year we have probably 14 out of 20 in this last week that are hit with COVID Many are symptomatic and all are not sick. None of them are sick uh, more than a day or so of feeling like tired. So it's obvious. The one thing I can we can prove is the vaccine. We have all of our players have had it, and they've all had the booster. That the vaccine definitely made it easier for them to get through it. And uh, that's something we everybody should be aware of. I mean, there's no question. We had many guys really sick last year, and this year we don't. So hopefully the recovery period will be quicker, and we'll be able to get back to practice. Unfortunately, you know, we we had five practice days that we needed prior to when we were supposed to play Lehigh and we didn't have three or four of our players during that time at all. The rest had really good practices. So I 
I think it was good overall. And now we'll be able to come back a little early because we gave them off uh, for the Christmas. So we'll be able to get in five or six practices, should be full practices, before we have to play on the 29th. So it's not ideal. You know, overall, we're going to miss about four to five practices that we would have had. Um, but hopefully everybody will be healthy and we'll be able to get five practice days in before we play uh, our first league game on the 29th. And the thing is, nobody feels bad for you because this stuff is just affecting everywhere. A, a step back to hopefully take a couple of steps forward for a team that has been mediocre at best this year, right? With the 5-5 five and five record, uh, we're still there. Think about that. We lost yeah. a couple of games, probably a couple of wins too. Could have been seven and yep. five, and yeah, it's just it's just crazy how this is playing up. But like Jim said, not ideal. Could be worse, right? Certainly could be worse. I, I you know, I, I the person I do feel bad for is Buddy. I mean, hopefully he he's you know he tests out, he tests negative before Christmas because he, he had to miss Christmas last year because he was COVID positive. Remember, he had to like stay shut in his room, couldn't even see his family during yeah. Christmas. So I kind of feel bad for him. This is two straight years. But I mean, from the basketball side of things, you know, you never want to see people get sick. But I think f- for Syracuse, having it be now as opposed to in the middle of January or February, you know, I'd, I'd rather see that because of the fact that they were going to have this Christmas break anyway. They were going to have a few days off. So, it, you know, it's not like, like Jim said, they're missing five practices instead of, you know, missing eight or nine. So forfeitures are a thing as well. It's affected Boston College. I'm sure many of you have heard about that. Jim addressed this. I I don't know if this is the right way to go. I think you've got to at least attempt at rescheduling some of these, especially conference games. That seems, um, I don't know, I would have held off on the cancellations at this point and tried to get these games in somehow yeah because think about how this affects march if we can get through this point right now it seems and it's i don't think we're at the worst of it by the way but i i don't know if we have to cancel the games maybe the pause is like this and we just have to adjust i mean we really don't have any other choice but here's jim's words Hey, uh, Coach, would this be like last year, a situation perhaps where all, you know, uh, games might have to get filled in? Like you'd find out like, oh, hey, you know what? Coming up on Thursday, there's a game against so-and-so. Like just to- Well, right now it's supposed to be forfeits in the league, and I think that's a big mistake because, you know, you, you could be not able to play. Like we wouldn't have been able to play a league game this week, so we'd had to forfeit two games. And that really just can really crush you. So hopefully they'll look at that strategy and not do that. But uh, we'll see what happens. But we're going to do the best we can. Get everybody back healthy. That's my main concern. And uh, play the best we can when we get back on the court the next time. This is Soundcheck X31 ESPN Radio Q Sports Talk.com. I'm Rain Spencer Davidson. Uh, your reaction to what you just j- heard Jim say. And then I'm going to put you Jets fans in your place. Yeah, right. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I think uh, I agree. I think the, the forfeiture thing is kind of tough. And actually, I saw a tweet from, from Donna DeToto uh, within the last hour that ACC athletic directors are going to meet this week to discuss the current forfeit policy 
because COVID is so present right yeah. now, they don't want to have to see so many games be forfeited and kind of determine how things play out in the ACC. So they, that might be something that they kind of scrap, which I would hope. I would hope they reschedule these games. Yeah, what if one team gets four wins because of forfeiture, another team gets one win because of forfeiture, right, or exactly. one team gets three losses because, I mean, that's... Not just, to mention, then, do they have asterisks next to those wins? And then play the games and give yeah. Jim Beheim his 101 wins back. And we'll leave that part of the conversation and sound check right there. Jets or Giants, who has a brighter future? Here's the answer from Marcus Spears of ESPN. Two Jets fans in the studio today with Nick Ailes and Spencer against me, the Giants fan. Let's see how this plays out. It almost could have been a kerfuffle. This is the hardest question I've ever been asked. I'm, I'm serious. Like, I'm, I'm literally, I know I'm a funny Stomped. guy. I'm not trying to be funny. Yeah. The, the reason I would say the Giants mm. is because I believe Leonard Williams – who they signed to a long-term deal. I believe Galladay, Kadarius Toney. Mm -hmm. When you look at this Giants roster, there really is some talent. Bradbury on the back end, Love on the back end. So I believe this team right now, like near future-wise, is is way ahead of where the Jets are. The Jets Mm -hmm. still trying to figure out who is Zach Wilson. They're trying to figure out what they want to be identity-wise. I feel like the Giants have enough older guys, veteran guys, that have played good football that they can get it fixed a lot faster. And a slightly better record overall in the last five, six seasons. Jets fans, discuss. Well, you have a quarterback who is most likely not the long-term option for the Giants. So? The Jets, I think that you've seen signs of improvement for Zach Wilson. I saw a tweet yesterday, his rankings uh, since coming back from the injury. And in a lot of categories, in terms of rookie quarterbacks, he's got the best stats. I think you've seen some improvement. You're the only two that care. I think the Jets need to desperately, desperately revamp their offensive line. That is a huge, huge area of concern. And no quarterback plays well when the offensive line is bad. Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl last year looked like garbage. He was getting hurried every play. Tom Brady looked like garbage. He's considered the greatest quarterback of all time, and yet he didn't look good when he was being uh, hurried every play. I think you have a rookie head coach, a rookie offensive coordinator, and a rookie quarterback all learning on the job together. But I think as a foundation, the Jets, yeah, maybe maybe the Giants in the next year or two are in better shape, but I think if you're looking five years down the road, I think the Jets are building something that the Giants aren't. Now, I'm going to I'm going to name a player that I brought up last week as it pertains to the Giants. And I'm not saying he alone would have fixed also a significant offensive line issue for that team, but they let him go. He was a cap casualty and then they spent a whole bunch of money in some other places and a, a lot of well, her, Kenny yeah. Galladay missed a lot of time. We could go on, but I think you get the point if you follow the Giants. And his name is Kevin Zeitler and he's on the Ravens. And this is as of last week. He had 558 pass blocking snaps, zero sacks allowed, zero hits allowed. No other player with 250 or more pass blocking snaps had allowed zero in either of those categories. Kevin Zeitler did. You remember they got him from the Browns? Uh, You don't have that veteran anchor right there. It's simply a matter of money. They could have allocated their funds. Uh, Just another terrible decision by David Gettleman, and there have been many. Yeah, there's talent there, but you need all 11 players on the field. Oh, by the way, in depth and also offensively and defensively, and there's too many holes in the roster. Same can be said about your Jets. But in theory, his answer, pick my Giants, and you two have to live with it. Oh, because one person picked your Giants, all of a sudden you're high and mighty. Right now, 
Right now, Get Marcus Spears here. is the only one that matters. He's, it, he said in the short term, by the way. He uh, said in the short term. He didn't say long term. He said yeah, in the short semantics. term. I'm agreeing in the short term. The next two years, maybe the Giants are positioned slightly ahead of the Jets. But come on. I, I, I mean, you know, and, and by the way, you're welcome for Leonard Williams. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, you look at the Jets from, from you know, 09, 10, 11. The, the ASC championships teams, they had, I think, three or four pro bowlers on the line. And then Alan Fanica retired. They traded, uh, what was it, Brandon Moore? They traded a couple of their offensive linemen. It was trash after that. And what happens? The butt fumble. I mean, Mark Sanchez was a totally different quarterback in his first two seasons when he had an offensive line in front of him. Okay, listen, a couple of things. We're going to talk to Rob Carpenter, former Jet and former Q's wide receiver at about 3.30. So that means Nick Ailes, a fellow Jets fan, I'm expecting a good question, and I can't wait to hear his answer to this debate. Your head's going to explode, Spencer. We're going to take a quick break. Come back. You're killing me, Smalls. Next, exit 31 ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. You're killing me, Smalls. This is Exit 31. Here is Rain and WKTV Sports Director Spencer Davidson on ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. You're killing me, Smalls. Sports Festivus for the rest of us. Right? Yep. Well, Seinfeld reference. Airing of these sports grievances. Yeah, you know what? We're we're tired of it. We're tired of COVID. You're tired of COVID. I'm tired of COVID. We're all tired of COVID. It's interrupting our lives, not just our sports. We've had enough. What did Chris Kreider of uh, our favorite team, the New York Rangers in the NHL, who are obviously on their COVID pause till after the holidays, have to say about it? Well, he had a great quote, and and there are some Rangers that have tested positive, and the, they've had games postponed now. And uh, Kreider said, "We're sick and tired." And we're sick and tired of being sick and tired. I thought that was really profound. Can I get a witness? Everybody feels that way, but what are we going to do? We've we've got to deal with it, right? Yeah. So that's all we can do is just get boosted, get shots if you can, wear your masks if you can. Let's just try to get through this. Hopefully, we'll get our sports in. They're trying to find a way in the NBA. They're trying to find a way in the NHL. They bubbled before. Um, and I don't know if they have to go back, and they're starting to reevaluate, and in some places you're seeing restrictions tightened all a little bit to eradicate these outbreaks. Because ultimately, do you want to watch, let's just go with the NBA, your team play as intended, and clearly injuries is part of that, but then with COVID thrown on top of that, you're seeing rosters whittled down to like seven players. Yeah. And you're bringing guys back into the league that haven't played in a couple of years Alan Griffin with the Westchester Knicks. I don't know if he got that opportunity without the depletion of, say, just the Knicks roster, but it's it's across the whole entire league. Yeah, and they decide with the Nets out of desperation. Let's let's play ball with Kyrie Irving, bring him back for just these away games. Without this COVID stuff, I don't know if that happened because they've gone this far without dealing with him mm-hmm. because he didn't want to follow the protocols, which is his choice. Don't get me wrong, but it would totally mess up that team. It would. It's a different team on on road games than it is on home games. Just a couple of glaring examples. We're sick and tired of this being an issue, but it is an issue, and it's a thing. Or do you want to see replacement? Remember the NFL with the replacement players? Uh, Some out there might, some might not. It's kind of what you're seeing again. Do you want to see that lower level of competition, or you don't care because it's your favorite team? I mean, how do you feel about it? Oh, by the uh, you mean uh, Shane Falco, replace, replacement player, Washington <laughs> yes. Sentinels, uh, John Wick, <laughs> John Wick, uh, uh, Keanu's back with uh, the Matrix. That's again. right. Yeah. There by, you go. by the by the way, I think Kyrie coming back for away games that's going to be a detriment to the team. 
having two completely different teams, different looks for home and away games, and, and to shake up the chemistry like that for half you know half of the season. But these are pros. Isn't he going to be able to just jump in there and they're going to be fine when they're on the road? I don't think so. A better team on the road or a worse so. team on the road? I don't think so, no. I a mean, better I mean, team at home or a worse team at home? It doesn't matter how much you're working out. Like Game speed is totally different than any practice speed you can have. And he hasn't been playing in NBA games. It's going to take him a bit. And then he's only playing in in road games. He's never going to get into a full rhythm. Well, real quick, let me play the words of Woj. Uh, He said this a day or so ago, but this is why there's COVID issues in the NBA and so many. What's happening now is when you're seeing the rash of of players lost and positive tests, it's because teams are testing now. Once you get one player in or two players positive, now you've got to start testing everybody else. I mean, yesterday, you know, we reported Trey Young tested positive in Atlanta. They had not been testing because they didn't have any players in protocols. So now if you're Atlanta, you worry that what's happened to everybody else, New York, Brooklyn, uh, Chicago, Sacramento, is as you start testing other players, you're probably going to get some positive tests. And you're trying to prevent these outbreaks. And there you go. It's our sports festivus. You're killing me, Smalls. Have we given out officially a pair of tickets yet? Not yet. All right. So let's get our first pair out there and then take a quick break. If you would like to go see, we'll start with Syracuse versus Georgia Tech when they return. Fingers crossed on the 29th. Courtesy of Amtrak.com, CNY Realtor, Charles Heating, Air Conditioning, Plumbing, and Electrical, and Seneca Savings. Let's go with 315-437-7644 or 315-768-1310. The two numbers in. Nick Els will take your call. How about the third caller? Does that work for you? Let's do it. He'll grab the third caller, get your information. We'll get you those tickets. Exit 31 ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. We'll come right back with Tommy Sladek from CNY Central. This is Exit 31. In about an hour, I'm going to f*** away 20 grand. What, are you going to bet on the Knicks? <laughs> is it, I'm sorry. I mean, how often? I mean, oh man, nobody thinks that's funny. Exit 31 with Rain and Spencer on ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. Why did I make that rejoin, that bumper? I feel like it's making fun of our favorite team. What, are you going to bet on the Knicks? Oh, and you got a New York Knicks hat on today. Spencer Davis. I don't bet on them, though. Yeah, I don't either. Spencer Davidson, I'm Rain. Nick Els is in studio. And uh, we welcome now in hour number two of Exit 31 in the Accelerate Sports Complex phone line, Tommy Sladek with CNY Central. Uh, good to hear your voice, Tommy. Thanks for joining us. Want to jump right in with the offensive coordinator option and the QB coach potentially from Virginia, uh, from Virginia, excuse me, Robert and A and Jason Beck, respectively, and your thoughts on that. You know, everybody's debating back and forth and how do we make this team better? Well, we're clearly after early signing and not quite into February for the next round of recruits signing and committing. We're looking at that transfer portal, and so many questions are still out there. Are those two names that can solve some of these issues, or where do you pivot to if not? Sure. Well, on paper, I, I, I like them because looking at the numbers just right off the bat with what they're able to do there with the Cavaliers and, and Rain, I, I think I noticed why he did the Virginia, Virginia. I like the idea of the Virginia Cavaliers. I think that flows <laughs> nice, right? Very French, very nice. <laughs> well, in French, it would but be yeah, Virginia, I, I, right? Virginia, yeah. There's so many ways we can make it sound fancier than it is. <laughs> uh, we just Americanize it. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I like these guys. I like what they're doing on paper, and the numbers aren't lying. And more than anything, going into this decision, you got to have someone that understands that the idea, is, the idea is to have Garrett be the guy, and can you bring in someone 
that is going to be able to mold him and get number 16 to be the best he can be. Um, so, yeah, I'll say it right off the bat. I, I like the idea that they're pursuing these guys from Virginia. A New Mexico State transfer uh, running back, Juwan Price, announced he's coming in here. We don't have a commitment from the offensive for an offensive coordinator, or we don't have a hire of an offensive coordinator or a QB coach for that matter. But that dispels a little bit that we can't really get any anybody in here. A lot of people are like, we're not going to get anybody until we you know, hire those two and fill those two coaching positions. Well, I mean, this is a depth guy. Clearly, we know as of right now, we have Sean Tucker coming back, and he is going to be your main running back. Uh, but what does that say about the team and the program and recruiting and building this roster? Right. Well, I look at the dude from New Mexico State, and I see someone that was a three-year redshirt freshman last year, right? And he's someone that does on have three years of eligibility left. So you're obviously a guy coming in. You're looking and saying, okay, this team already has an All-American running back that is likely returning next year. I probably am not coming in expecting those snaps. And in, in a way, I think that makes almost a recruiting pitch a, a little bit easier for Dino Babers and company because they can say, hey, you have the years to be here this is our number one guy, but like we've seen in games past, there are just times where we saw Cooper Lutz and, and a few of the others get their, get their time in the backfield. But more than anything, I think it, it's a positive sign that a, a guy that was definitely impressing at New Mexico State to come here knowing that there was a, at least one dude ahead of him and still wants to be here. Tommy, uh Rain just brought up, you know, Sean Tucker coming back, obviously. Um, so I, I got to ask you, and we had this debate a little bit yesterday, but the Sean Tucker tweets, what do you look forward to more? Sean Tucker's actual tweets or Josh Black's reaction to the tweets? Oh, man. I mean, it's you see one and you automatically start searching for the other, right? Yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised, and, and I could we could ask him this. I wouldn't be surprised if Josh Black has the Twitter notification on <laughs> Sean Tucker because he's as quick as many of the, the reporters in this market. Uh, but I, I do. I, I love his reaction, and um, it, you know, it, it it tells me a lot. Back on December tenth. It was, I'm looking at it right now. Sean retweeted the Syracuse football tweet where he's with the O-line after that big win over Virginia Tech. And, and he's a guy that week in and week out has always said credit to my O-line, credit to my O-line. But you have a guy like Dakota Davis that's already announced that he's coming back. And I like to think if, if you're Sean Tucker, the more pieces that you had this year that were able to contribute to your success, the more reason you have to be excited to be wearing this uniform come next fall. It's Tommy Sladek was CNY Central. I didn't Virginia or that, did I? That's funny. I was getting called I, up. I don't think so. No, but I, I, snuck, I snuck a weird one in yeah, there. I, I think I said I, idea. I didn't, I, yeah, I didn't want to let you, let that go. I didn't want to let that slide. But, yeah, Tommy, you said idea at one point. Oh, so, did he really? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he did. And man, I didn't want to interrupt him because he was on a roll. I didn't want to mess up my flow, but we have to acknowledge it. <laughs> that's, that's pretty funny. I'm getting called out on that in the chat at QSportsTalk.com as well. So listen, let's stay with the Orange, but let's talk some basketball real quick. Over the past couple of days, uh, some of our co-workers here have talked to Buddy Bayheim. We heard from Jim Bayheim. We aired some of that audio a little bit earlier. It's all clearly about this COVID pause in the men's basketball program. Uh, so we've got to wait a while until we see this Georgia Tech game. Uh, but then there's the forfeiture aspect of this. Is that something that needs to be reevaluated? I mean, they are reevaluating it, but I don't know if that's the way to go. So what do you make of all this? 
that's the thing that I've been trying to, I'm trying to get my head back into that, uh, you know, to that era of things of, of what was happening with the forfeits and everything. And, and I am curious to see if we end up seeing something more consistent acro- across each conference or if they're each going, you know, each going to be doing their own thing. Um, but you got to imagine that this thing isn't just going away overnight. And I like to, I hate to say it, but I think we will still see some teams unable to play at the start of the, as at the start of conference play. Um, I it's, but at the same time, it's, it's a different situation. We're talking about a team of a team of players and coaches that are vaccinated in, in like Syracuse with the booster already compared to last winter when some of the guys got it. It's just, you know, the vaccine wasn't even available yet. So there definitely needs to be some amendments and especially considering the time that someone maybe has to sit out should they be having to quarantine or, or if they test positive. Tommy Sladek with CMY Central joining us on Exit 31 ESPN Radio, QSportsTalk.com. Uh, speaking of, you know, the, the pause and, and players affected by COVID, you know, I mean, Coach Beheim said they've missed about, you know, five practices at this point. Um, they'll hopefully get five practices in before they have to hit the floor again on December 29th. But how much do you think this pause, especially for a team that hasn't had too much practice time already this year, how much is this pause going to hurt this team as they, they look for, you know, really a couple of winnable games. Uh, but, you know, boy, they might be all out of sorts. It's not going to help to to answer it, frankly, and especially considering Georgia Tech will have, should they play tonight, will have three more games under their belt since Syracuse last played. Now, given the Yellow Jackets have – lost their last two. Um, I wouldn't necessarily call them one of the hottest teams in the ACC. But then again, yeah, you look at – I would like to think that they're probably in a better situation just having practices and actual games under their belt. Um, You know, and I think we look at it last year where Syracuse had a a very similar length gap when they were dealing with COVID kind of almost around the same time. And it wasn't an immediate return and it wasn't an immediate return to 100% for, um, you know, Buddy and and Joe, we saw struggle for a few weeks there. So then we, then we saw them really kind of turn on the jets and of course make a sweet 16 run later in the, in the season. But when you look at immediate impact, no coach is going to tell you that they're feeling good coming out of an 18 day gap. Well, we've seen COVID obviously not just affecting Syracuse basketball. It's paused the NHL and the AHL for that matter. We see what it's doing with these hardship players being signed within the NBA. And then we're left with football, who probably has the easiest chance of surviving this being that a lot of the games are obviously outside and not contained within a building. So I I guess I lead us there because I want to ask you, what is the most intriguing storyline, in your opinion, happening right now? in the NFL. I don't care which conference, which team, but what's the first thing that pops into mind? This is really specific, but you want the honesty, I'm going to give it to you. Yeah, do. I can't stop thinking I can't stop thinking about the Saints. I can't. I I that is a team that I completely chalked up, done chained them. Uh, you know, after they lost to the Eagles and all of a sudden they shut out Tom Brady. Um, not only does their defense play hard, they're literally getting the best players out of the game. Um, they're, and, and more so, I, I like to look at what Sean Payton is doing with what he has. Um, 
I mean, there were some people doubting what he was able to do with Jameis Winston, but then we see Jameis go out, and you see what he's left with, and he's still finding ways to get this team to win. It's incredible, and I think they're kind of the hottest bubble team right now, and no one wants to play them. Yeah, no, I, I would totally agree. It was shocking that they locked down Tom Brady. It's funny. Uh, Unbelievable. Interesting fact, he's been shut out. Tom Brady has three times in his career. Peyton Manning, Drew Brees never shut out in their NFL careers. Who would have thunk that? Wow. Didn't happen at all. Last question for you, Tommy. We'll stay in the NFL. I wanted to hear what was on your mind, and i got something specific for you. Field Yates tweeted about the impact of that field goal with the Raiders-Browns game. And, and you want to be a Raiders fan. You talk about being frustrated. Same thing could be said about the Browns. But the debate centers around Baker Mayfield. But, you know, with a win, the Browns would have catapulted to an 8-6 and six record and in first place in the AFC North, uh, fourth in the AFC playoff picture. With that loss and that field goal, they fall to 7-7. Seven and seven. They're now 12th in the AFC playoff picture. It's just a, a team that seems to have such a good roster overall, but deficient at quarterback. He's not an elite guy. What do you think? Mm, I mean, I think Field nailed it with that one. It just you could, and, and it it made it worse that it was a home game for Cleveland, right? Like you could just feel the air sucked out of a place for a team that you were just like, how is this? How is this the score right now? And and then you look and you're like, okay, it's it's not Baker back there. But you know, even with a guy like Nick Chubb, who I think just has some amazing moments, there were times where the O line just couldn't give him any type of breathing room. And when you have a situation where you have your QB one go down, I think a lot of the times you're forced to say, how can we? How can we rely on the run game more? And I, I don't know if Cleveland can say they have that. And, and nor do I think that the Raiders necessarily have it. So, to be honest, the, the AFC picture there, kind of on that bubble, when you talk about the Steelers, Raiders, I mean, the, the Dolphins, hello, are all of a sudden in this at 7-7. Seven and seven. It's, it's a strange situation. It's so close and there are people out there that will say you know this this year's NFL stinks you know there's not that top team I'm fine with it I'm a rooter of chaos I want the chaos and this is this is going to be getting chaotic as heck come week 17 yeah it's impossible to wrap your head around the playoff scenarios at this point, and it's fun. Rain, so, some yeah, some we're, men we're just... We're on TV and radio. We don't do math. We're not <laughs> some it, men just want to watch the world burn. It, it's a great Tom job. Tom Sladek is one of them. It's a great job for a whole group of us C students, for sure. Exit 31 ESPN Radio, QSportsTalk.com. Our thanks to Tommy Sladek of CNY Central for joining us. Uh, we're going to place a call to Jason Fitz, see if he picks up. If not, we pivot. But after that, we will, around 3.30, have Rob Carpenter Carpel join us. Hang tight. This is Exit 31. And what a beautiful day for the sport of kings, of which I am a huge fan. Seriously, I'm just a fan. I was on my way to my seat. The door was open. Hey, what are you doing? No. Exit 31 with Rain and Spencer on ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. Nick Ailes, during the commercial break on ESPN Radio, Reminded us, of, reminded us of something that if you're with us at QSportsTalk.com, you may have heard. Um, he admitted that he might be the jinx with Jason Fitz because we get him every week. And then whenever you're filling in, we never connect with him. Obviously, one half of Spain and Fitz, which is weird. Like Jason is usually I'll, I'll try to get a hold of him in the morning and we'll wrap a little bit and uh, line everything up for his Tuesday appearances at 315. 
I couldn't even get a response from him. Mm. So I just said, hey, we're, we're going to try. I, I texted him a few minutes ago, said, we're going to try regardless and see if we get you. And then it didn't dawn on me. I shouldn't, I should just never have bothered and, and just automatically planned on trying to book somebody else in this time slot today because Nick Ailes is here. And I don't, I don't hate you, man. No, but, but clearly Jason Fitz does. Yeah. What did you do I, to him? You know, beats me. I wish I knew. Jason, clearly we have beef. Let's squash it because I don't want to be, I don't, yeah. I don't like this feeling anymore. You have to be in here the next time we have him on, and I'm going to schedule the segment as our kerfuffle. Yes. And that's it. Just you two figure this out. Whatever issues you guys have, can you squash it? This seems to be a one-sided beef. I have no problems with Jason Fitz, but Jason's <laughs> got problems with me. You can be in here Monday, Wednesday, Thursdays, and Fridays, just not on Tuesdays. Or we have to figure out a way to let somebody else dial the phone. I don't know what's going I'll on. I'll just step out for 15 minutes. We got someone else come in. Well, we got, I mean, we're going to talk to him about, we'll, we'll run through some of the stuff that we want to discuss when Jason fits. And part of it was his Raiders and, and the Browns. I mean, we just talked about that a little bit with Tommy Sladek. Do we have to give Derek Carr some credit? I've actually heard, you know, you've heard Russell Wilson to the Giants because, you know, the Daniel Brown situation or Daniel Jones situation. But is Derek Carr potentially somebody to consider? I don't think the cost for him, or is he a free agent? But regardless, would he fit? Depends on the GM. Something you'd consider. Uh, you feel better with Zach Wilson uh, being the better quarterback to ultimately be the better team in New York than, say, a Derek Carr with the New York Giants? Yeah, I mean, I still think I, I really do think that Zach Wilson is going to be something. I, I think you've seen improvement in, in a very quick span. As for Derek Carr, uh, I'm trying to see. You know, his his contract is good through 2022. So the trade. So he wouldn't be available free agency wise until 2023. Russell Wilson so, a trade option. Russell, Russell Wilson, Wilson yeah. costs more. Russell Wilson will definitely cost more. He'd obviously be better for the Giants than Derek Carr would. But at the same time, I think Derek Carr is an improvement over Daniel Jones. So I, I just think anybody at this point they get to take over for Daniel Jones would be better than Daniel Jones. Still got to fix the offensive line, get rid of Gettleman. Uh, well, getting they, rid of Gettleman is, is priority number one. Hey, you know what? They got something in common with Syracuse, too. They actually need an offensive coordinator officially because it's not Freddie Kittens. Freddie Kitchens, he's really just filling in to figure out the rest of the season. Daniel Jones, obviously, out as a precaution because of the neck, but cares they're not going anywhere. Rather, you've you got to get him healthy. You just do. But I was going to air this uh, piece of audio from Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, and he was talking about acknowledging Derek Carr is a pretty good quarterback. The overall record and performance of the Raiders is, I think, what diminishes it a little bit. Can we all acknowledge that Derek Carr is good? Yeah. He's good. I mean, you know, the the O-line gets so many penalties. Now, they were better tonight, but they're not great. There were so many drops. Every Raiders receiver, it seemed like, had a couple drops. Honestly, if I had to list the issues for the Raiders, I think Derek Carr would be last. I mean, I think he's like, he's the best thing they've got going right now. You know what? He's right. I want to disagree with that and be like, oh, they've got all these other... But no, he's not ultimately the problem with this team. He's way down in the pecking order of the list of things that I would criticize about the Oakland Raiders at this point. I mean, Ruggs, uh, Gruden, yeah. There, there's a, the ownership. There's a lot of issues. Temptation in, in Vegas. You don't hear about it necessarily all the time. No, but that, that's true. something that's there, too. It's got to be distracting. Uh, off the field, on the field. I mean, there's issues there. I mean, there's a lot of teams with issues, and it's not even COVID-related. Crazy, right? Yeah. 
Uh, so what do we do with it? Well, I mean, I, I don't know the solution. I, I do I do think you're going to see Derek Carr in another uniform yeah. at some point. He's got to want to get out of there. Yeah, I, I just think at this point, you know, it, it's just the his time in in well, I was yeah in Oakland, and now Las Vegas has been so tumultuous. Love that word, by the way. It's just been so great word. Spencer you. pulls out the dictionary again. Well, uh, there, it. there goes in the chat. Not Q many Sports, Scrabble points. QSportsTalk.com. I, t- I told you, I'm a direct descendant of both Miriam and Webster. It's X31 on ESPN Radio, and uh, uh, we're discussing the things we were going to talk about with Jason Fitz. And let's talk about another quarterback, actually. Yeah, Tua. Is he getting the last laugh? Is it their defense, or is he better than every- everybody? Just unloads on the guy. And I get why, but they were one and seven, and now they have six straight wins. The very last of those against, go figure, the Jets and the Giants. Oh, and a couple weeks prior to that, they had beat the Jets. Six straight wins. They're seven and seven now. I'm, I'm not saying they're a favorite to, to get through this, make the playoffs, you know, get into that wild card win and get a Super Bowl. But boy, that's some drastic improvement and something to build on. Is it Tua, the defense? What's going on with the Miami Dolphins? Didn't expect this. Shocked to see it. Well, it's what certainly helped the last couple of weeks is playing the Giants and the Jets defenses. (laughs) And the Panthers. Because playing the Jets defense this past week definitely helped Tua an awful lot. Uh, It was just an embarrassing performance. When you win seven games straight in the NFL, that's a a big deal. That's pretty impressive. But I just don't think Tua... Deserves all the credit in the world. They've gone up against some crappy teams. Well, that's the thing. They beat the Texans. Okay, the Ravens, they beat them. Then they beat the Jets, the Panthers, the Giants, and then the Jets exactly. again. So they're beating inferior opponents. If you're mediocre at best, you should be beating those teams. Right. I mean, the schedule laid out perfectly for them, that's for sure. Let's revisit the Bears, obviously. Uh, we can talk about that a little bit more and what we just saw in the football field and then the question is Matt Nagy. You want to know why he still has his job. Yeah, I can't believe he does. I think they don't want to make a move to the end of the season. He screwed up this whole situation with Justin Fields. Should have just put him on the field, developed him, and gone from there. But it's been, and, and then the injury, with obviously he had some injury issues, but then it's just, he's, he's mismanaged this rookie quarterback, this franchise quarterback. But that's another team where you go, boy, they've got a lot of other issues. Yeah. But, Coaching matters in the NFL, clearly, and he's not it. Spencer, you were like, "How is he still employed?" To me earlier today. Well, yeah, I mean, you, you come, you're already having, you know, a, a, a rocky season, and then you come out on Monday Night Football on national television, and and, and just, I, I mean, didn't even show up. And I feel like that's the kind of game that when you're always, you're already going through, you know, a difficult a difficult season, this is like the, 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 you know, the straw that broke the camel's back. Like I said earlier, you know, you have a poor showing on national television on Monday night football. There's no hiding from that. You're scoring 9.6 of which in, in, you know, late in the fourth quarter. I mean, this team just is so not prepared week in and week out. And you've got a guy in Justin Fields who could be great. Yeah, he could, he could be great. And I feel like the play calling and the selection is just holding him back. It made the Vikings look good. And aren't they just another one of those just mediocre teams at best? With a quarterback well, who has yeah. decent numbers, but it just doesn't make sense. But also, Kirk Cousins, like, pass, maybe the most accurate pass to an opposing player I've ever seen in my <laughs> life last night. Yeah, that I might mean, have that happened. Was right, like, he had no receivers around. It's like, whoa! He passed it right to the, to the Bears' safety. Like, that was 
what <laughs> what happened there? Well, listen, I have a piece of audio and it pertains to the Bears it's from Harry Douglas ESPN Radio. But I want to save it. I'm going to take a quick break, and I want to play it for our next guest. Rob Carpenter, Carp, of course, formerly of Cuse, the Jets, the Pats, and the Eagles. Seems to be a Tuesday regular with us here on Exit 31. So we'll talk to him next on ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. Get his reaction to the Bears, and then obviously we'll talk some more NFL with him. This is Exit 31 with Rain and WKTV Sports Director Spencer Davidson on ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. I'm Rain, the bald dude, the Giants fan, not happy with the status of my team. Uh, Spencer, you're you're like Batman, and, and I guess Nick can be your Robin today, you two Jets fans in the studios. We talked to former Jet Pat. <laughs> Uh, and Eagle and former Q's wide receiver, the one and only Carp. Rob Carpenter is here with us. Uh, first of all, we just want to say thanks for the time. And I kind of forewarned you, I'm going to start you with a question on the Bears, but we just want to say hello first. How are you? It's good, man. I'm good. Glad you guys have me on. Uh, it's always a pleasure. We look forward to it uh, on Tuesday. It seems to be a thing for sure. Vikings 17, Bears 9 last night. We were just lamenting what's going on and how they're managing fields and Nagy is the coach with the bears. And then I've got Harry Douglas and he's going to tell us why the bears have had an awful season. Rob, I want you to react after you listen to this. I think one of the things that I've seen uh, this, this bears team struggle with is communication, communication from the coaching staff, communication from the head man. And, and that draws all the way back to last year. When you look at the offensive line play, Certain blitzes would come, and then you see this side doing one thing, the other side doing one thing. And you even had Allen Robinson say, okay, we have one coach telling us this and the other coach telling us this in the riffraff. But I look at Justin Fields, right, and, like, he took the sack last night, shouldn't have took the sack. Fourth down, you can't take a sack. you got to throw it there on fourth down. Just to, Even if you throw it up and give a guy a chance, and then you see the screen where he take a sack also, that communication should be coming from your head coach who's an offensive guy. Uh, going over situational football, what you can and can't do in those situations. So right there, it's telling me that the communication is not happening. It's not there. So we need your expertise and your reaction to that, Rob. Harry's right. Um, I, I heard him say something similar this morning. Um, and <clears throat> honestly, I couldn't agree more. You know, um, when you look at Justin Fields and the talent that he has, but then you look around at the Chicago Bears team, that team should be doing a lot better than what they are. They should have been doing a lot better from last year than what they're doing right now. I mean, uh, granted, there's a couple of injuries that they have. You know, Khalil Mack hasn't played. Uh, he's been out. Um, they're, you know, their they quarterback uh, room door has been kind of like a, a revolving door. And with Nagy there, it just seems like, um, you know, there's one thing after another about him not being able to get things across to to, to the team. Um, you know, from the from the beginning of the season, you drafted Justin Fields to be the guy, but you know it started out as Andy Dalton as the guy. When everybody knows that Justin Fields should have been taking the snaps, been the guy getting ready because he's your future. Um, so, you know, I, I couldn't agree more with what Harry said, man. You know, it's just just one of those things where you look at Nagy and the, the chances that he's had uh, with his team, and something's just off, and it's got to be the communication. Yeah, I'm, t- I'm telling you, I woke up this morning, I was shocked not to have a notification that that he had been let go by the Bears, I'll tell you that. Uh, but right. w- one of the things, you know, uh, your Twitter was on fire last night, by the way, And but one of the things was that, you, I mean, you actually had to turn off the game in favor of watching the old uh, 1939 classic, Wizard of Oz. Tell, tell us about, about that. How many times have you watched that movie? 
Dude, I'll probably watch that thing. I know I tweeted like 628 times or something like that, but (laughs) it's got to be pretty close, man. I've watched that movie at least five times a year, probably my whole life, man. But, um, you know, it's just one of those things. When I'm watching the game last night and, you know, coming off the the early game where you had the the Raiders and the Browns, where the second half of that game was actually pretty good. Um, And, you know, those teams are fighting for for playoff position uh, and to keep themselves in playoff hunt. And then you have the, the last two or three drives of that game where, where both teams are going back and forth and you thought the Browns had it, but the Raiders got another chance and end up winning it with no time on the clock. Then you come to to the late game and it's like, uh, what's really going on here? Um, you know, it just was kind of dismal football and, you know, I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm over this for, for the day. Let me just, let me just wait for, for tomorrow's games and hope they're much better. You know, cause I would kind of made a tweet, uh, you know, early in the weekend that, you know, as, as football fans, we got four straight days of football. You can't beat that too much, uh, you know, and especially this time of the year. All the games are going to be played all over the place. Um, and, you know, to have a game kind of a stinker like that last night, uh, you know, on prime time, that uh, was just kind of a turnoff to not only myself, I'm pretty sure a whole lot of people. Yeah. Rob Carpenter is with us here at Sector 31. We're at ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. Mike Tannenbaum, you may have heard this earlier, was talking about the Browns and Baker Mayfield, and there just seems to be a, a good roster there and an underperforming team, a head-scratcher until you flip the conversation to Baker Mayfield. Mike Tannenbaum said he's not elite. Is he the main problem with this team? They seem to be okay as far as coaching as well. It's it's kind of hard to say. Um, you know, Baker makes plays, but he's not the guy <clears throat> that you can, you know, count on to go win you a game, I don't think. Um, he's kind of that quarterback that's in the, in the middle of the pack. And uh, to be the guy who was, you know, picked number one in the draft, um, you know, you would expect more, especially at this point um, in his career, um, because they do have a good team, you know, constructed as the way they're constructed right now. Um, it's just that one piece that they're missing, and uh, all eyes always turn back to Baker. Um, you know, everyone, you know, talked about the the fact that he never had a connection with OBJ, and now OBJ's gone, and um, you know, kind of, you know, reconstructing his own self. Uh, with the Rams and you know you just see things the way they are in Cleveland man and something again something is off and all eyes go back to Baker Mayfield and he's just not that guy you know and I'm not the only one to say this he's just not that guy that you can actually turn around and lean on to go win you a game when you actually need it he has to be you know in a in a system where he's he's kind of like the, the the game manager and not the guy to just go out and throw the ball you know 40 45 times a game and, and get you three to four hundred yards and, and you know, win you a game when you need it. He needs those those other pieces around him uh, to help him out. I'll tell you what, though, Baker Mayfield is definitely good in commercials. I'll give him that. Uh, this <laughs> yes. is something. This is <laughs> this is something that that actually Nick and I were discussing uh, before the show. Um, the, I mean, the Jets beat reporters the last couple of days have just been dumping on Zach Wilson, and it just seems like you know they the, the way that they're writing and talking is Zach Wilson is the root of all the problems, and I don't know. I, I think I've been seeing some small improvement since he's come back from his injury. I just, are, are, are Jets beat reporters, is the media not giving him enough credit? I mean, are they blaming him too much? They always going to blame him too much. Um, you know, it's New York. Yeah. Me living here, playing here, you know, it, it comes with the territory. Um Playing quarterback in New York is not the easiest thing for for anyone. You gotta have thick skin. The blame is always going to come to you, no matter what's going on with the team. I mean, you know, defense could give up 400 yards and 31 points, and if Zach Wilson only goes as a rookie goes out and, and puts up 21, the blame goes to him. You know what I mean? So yeah. Um. And, but I, I'm I'm in agreement with you. Since he's come back, 
you know, he's had his his moments of, of progression. That's actually what I was looking for. I wasn't looking for a whole lot more. Um, you know, just having him slow the game down a bit, go through his progressions and make the plays that are there. Um, you know, he hasn't had a whole lot of help at times with, with uh, receivers dropping passes on him. Um, but, you know, he has his he has his moments where he looks like a rookie. That's expected, um, even with the, the, the games that he's played since he's come back. But, you know, that, that small progression that he's made, um, whether it's a whole first half or a whole second half of, of plays that, he, that he's made, that's what you look for. Um, he hasn't really turned the ball over a whole lot. So, you know, you kind of look for that. Um, just making sure he slows the game down. And it looks like LaFleur is kind of trying to help him out a bit. You know, they know they're, they're you know, as far as talent goes, they're playing against everybody else. They're outperformed as far as talent goes. Yeah. So, you know, you see the little trick plays that come into play just to help them out. Um, and, and Zach made a couple of good plays, on, you know, against Miami. Um, granted, uh, you know, he didn't get the win, uh, and he had his chance at the end of the game uh, to try to try to pull him back into a tie. But, you know, um, you look for those little progressions, man. And, and of course, New York beat writers are always going to be, you know, to everyone else uh, looking at everything negative. Um, you know, if you're, if you're a Jets fan or somebody who's played here, you know it. Uh, it comes with the territory, like I said. But, you know, Zach has progressed, man. You can't, you know, expect a whole lot more from him with the – with the talent that he has around him and the coaching staff that's around him, pretty much everybody's new. So if you're yeah. expecting a whole lot more. You kind of it's kind of silly to, to to think that way. They asked Marcus Spears a little bit earlier today. You may have caught these comments on ESPN. Who has a brighter future? Is it the Jets or the Giants? We played his answer a little bit earlier, but I want to ask you that same question, Rob. It's the Jets for me. Um, the Giants look like they need to blow up the whole thing. Um, because if you're looking at Daniel Jones, uh, three years in, it's not really a whole lot of progress. Um, Joe Judd seems like he's on the fence. Um, you know, you're looking at a at a general manager that's probably not going to be there. Um, you know, they've tried to shape the offensive line for a few years now, and that really hasn't worked. You know, um, Saquon hasn't really worked out. And they put some talent on the field that at wide receiver around them. A lot of injuries happened this year, but you know, just things just haven't progressed with the Giants the the way you would hope. Uh, you know, with all these years with Daniel Jones as the as a quarterback, um, the Jets, you know, the way they have constructed their team right now, everything looks bright as far as the future goes. Um, you know, new coaching staff, new offensive coordinator. Um, you know, they hopefully draft, drafted their franchise quarterback who looks to, you know, have his progressions going on uh, in a positive way, you know, late this season. Um, so for me, um, it's the Jets. And, and I'm not being biased in the way that, you know, being a former Jet and being a Jets fan, I'm just looking at both teams, you know, uh, the way they're constructed right now. It's just that it looks like the Jets actually have the, the, the brighter future. Yeah, that, that's what you said, long term. Yeah. He said that in the immediately – Marcus Spears said the Giants, but long term, it's probably the Jets. Yeah. So uh, there's sort of an agreement, sort of a disagreement. Uh, but yeah, I like both answers. You, you know what? They're both not in great shape right now overall right. and could be significantly better. Uh, Merry Christmas to you, Rob. We'll talk to you very soon. As always, we appreciate the time. Thanks, man. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. We're going to come back with the last thing we'll say today. That'll include us giving out one, one more pair of Syracuse men's basketball tickets. If you want to go to the Virginia game on the 1st, Keep it locked. ESPN Radio, Exit 31, QSportsTalk.com. This is Exit 31. Here is Rain Stradamus and Nostra Davidson on ESPN Radio and QSportsTalk.com. Here's the last thing we'll say today. All right, let's give out a early Christmas present, get you to a Syracuse basketball game, the one against Virginia. Hopefully we can pilfer their 
offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach on the football side of things. But let's get let's get this taken care of. Courtesy of Amtrak.com once again. CNY Realtor Charles Heating, Air Conditioning, Plumbing, and Electrical, and Seneca Savings. Nick Els is on the phones today, and he's going to grab you at 315-437-7644. Metaphorically speaking, of course, or 315-768-1310. I, I want you to take the first caller that, as soon as you pick up the phone, yells, the Jets suck to you. Absolutely I, can't, I not. cannot do that. Absolutely I not. cannot do that. No, I will be biased to si- not do that. Since you're answering the phone, you're probably not going to allow that, right? Not at no. all. So do they have to yell, the Giants suck? They can yell whatever they... Honestly, if they yelled, the Jets suck, that'd be so funny that I'd do it anyway. All right. Really? It, if someone... If you picked up the phone, and before you can even say hello, someone screamed at you, the Jets suck, that's... You can't say that's not funny. No, it's it's funny, but I feel like I don't want to give them the satisfaction of winning a contest. Oh, it, here we go. It looks like here we go. Nick Ailes has somebody online. Well, Nick, listen, you're our time management guy, so grab your caller, put him on hold. We got to make sure we get out of here in time uh, for Brent X to get on the block. You got a winner? What's his name? Oh, I can't hear you. I got yeah, headphones You're, you're in. interrupting him, man. Oh, okay. Come on. We want to know real quick. Congre- Tom? All right, well, congratulations to Tom. We're going to get you hooked up with some Syracuse, Virginia basketball tickets. Spencer, any final thoughts before we get out of here for the day? Just, uh, you know, Bill's Mafia. Jumping through tables doesn't make you a good fan. Doesn't make you more passionate about your team. People are questioning the use of Mafia as far as describing their fan base as well. That's fair also. All right, we're going to get you on the block in just a matter of seconds here. Everybody have a good rest of your day. I believe uh, as of right now, as it stands, SU women's basketball will be on these airwaves in place of us. Some might say yay, but that's what's happening. That being said, it's Exit 31, ESPN Radio, QSportsTalk.com. Have a good night.